Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group Presents Investigating Angel. We are a Buffy podcast that's taking every episode of Angel and chatting about it so we can chat about it. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. And today we have a very special guest for City of We Are, joined by Adam Murray. Hi, hello. Very <laughs> special. Wait, City of We Are? What? The episode's called City of Oh, yeah. that's right. <laughs> City of, yes. Because the show is Angel. Uh, originally was going to be called City of We Are, <laughs> but which, unfortunately that didn't fit. So they had to chop it down for TV Guide, which was a thing back in the day. That wasn't just a website. It's still a thing, apparently. Do people still a get TV Guide? It's, it's a magazine now. Because I used to, my grandmother used to get it, and then she would give me that, like, when I would come to visit, because I would, like, cut photos out of the TV Guide and hang them on my wall. <laughs> when I lived in Philly, I had almost man. <laughs> Walk up to me in a deli and hand me a TV guide and ask me to find what channel the fight was on. And I did not ask the obvious question, which was, how are you planning to watch this boxing right. match? The bars. The homeless man. Bar. This is also the same homeless man in Philadelphia who lived around our uh, campus who uh, made a habit of chewing cigarettes. Outside, chewing cigarettes. Like the filters of cigarettes. And he's also the same uh, guy. Like my first week living in Philadelphia, I walked into a Dunkin' Donuts and I walked out and he yelled at me, where's my coffee? Without having said anything to me on the way in. And instead of just walking away like I should have, I just turned back and said, we never discussed this. <laughs> and then we I, never discussed <laughs> Like my first real interaction with a homeless person that I was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> but hi, hello. Oh bio of Adam. Yeah, I feel like you're all caught up. We never Uh, discussed this. Less importantly (laughs) than the idea of yelling that at someone asking you for something. It was where's my coffee? We never discussed this. Like with no confidence in my voice. That's my new response to everything. Um, Adam Murray, of course, uh, is from the internet. Makes many (laughs) popular YouTube videos. Is a comedian. Also hosts events at Meltdown Comics, Mm -hmm. uh, which you can Stone Stone Cutters LA. Yeah, being a prime one. Uh, And you've got important stuff that you work on with Holland, right? Do you want to mention that, or we don't have to? What are we working on? I mean, for work. Uh, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we work together. Yeah. Uh, we work... Uh, we, make, we make videos for the internet. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there isn't, like, a specific thing. Because we can't talk about the stuff that we're working yeah. on now. Um, can I say what your guys' job is, though? Or would that make you feel uncomfortable? You can say what our job is. They make video content for Loot Crate. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Chris didn't know. Or he's pretending. <laughs> Who are you guys? <laughs> Is this my apartment? I'm sorry for the state of it. <laughs> uh, that's actually how Adam and I met. Yeah. Um, in fact, we've all met Adam different ways, uh, aside from Holland and myself, who met you through work. Although, did you meet Adam before work? You, no. No, we met at WonderCon. You came by the table and oh. said hi to everyone and then walked away because it was too cool. <laughs> No, I was meeting up with other friends. Oh yeah, more popular people. No, no, it? it was like I had recently, I had recently got let go, so it was that it was, yeah. I keep forgetting <laughs> well, that that's when I first met. It's a great emotional uh, way to get out of that. I, I would take offense to it. I was, yeah. Last night. Do you do you remember how we met? I remember the exact. Day Actually, we I want to know who I was meeting up with. Who? Darnell, who was just on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> Uh, uh, Last night, we were at a birthday party briefly as Holland was leaving, and oh, yeah. a mutual friend was like, wait, don't you know Holland? I was like, yeah. She's like, okay, well, it's, it's like, do you guys just know each other so well that you, like, barely even greeted each other? And I was like, sure. Yikes. But kinda. <laughs> yes. Right. I'll go with yes. We know yeah. each other so well, we refuse Jack- to say hi to each other. Jackie, like- Jackie, yeah, she was like... <laughs> She's like, I don't need to introduce you guys. You guys know each other really well, right? She's like, why are you not acknowledging each other? <laughs> 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 I like, That's when you know you're real friends. I think I'm just bad at, I don't know. I think I'm just a bad friend, maybe. No, I'm, I'm, I'm confident in our friendship. <laughs> you said that. You're like, I'm 100% confident in our friendship. That's Holland, exactly what you said. And then Holland goes, mm. Ninety nine point nine. I was like, okay. Well, well now I'm ninety nine point nine. Well, because you're not supposed to say you're hundred percent about something. Maybe people do that when they're confident. Okay. I'm not confident. I've never been hundred percent about anything. Are you confident that you've never been hundred percent about anything? 
99. Not even. Yeah, not wow. Even. Um, I am 100% confident, though, of the exact day that I met Adam Murray. Which was? Um, I was doing a line in a Rachel Bloom mm-hmm. uh, meltdown. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's sketch melt. Yeah, it was a sketch melt show where Rachel was having a press conference with her like self-conscious thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Rachel, Rachel, why are you so fat? And just so you, for those <laughs> listening who might not be connecting dots, this is Rachel Bloom from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, and yes. now we're all famous. Chris, Rachel, and myself are all <laughs> superstars. We're all on the same sketch melt show. I loved and your appearance on the CW last night. Thank you. We're all equally, we have the same amount of awards. Yes. Yep. We all have the same Golden Globes. Yeah. <laughs> my parents, uh, when I was at the, I was at home, uh, we walked in the Golden Globes, and then my parents were like, is it weird because like you know people in this? I was like, I don't know anyone in this. And then Rachel Bloom appeared. I was like, I know one person yeah. in this. <laughs> yeah. But that was. Uh, Do you remember your sketch? Yeah. The hummus sketch. Oh yeah, that was a real dumb sketch. <laughs> It was about a guy who hung himself, but he, like, left the investigators, like, Yeah, it, it was, like, these two cops <laughs> investigating a guy who hung himself, and then one of the cops, like, starts eating snacks off a table. <laughs> and the other cop is like, you can't just eat snacks off the table. And then, like, they move, and there's a suicide note that was like, hey, sorry about all this. I left some snacks for you to make your day a little bit better. So the guy who, like, oh hung himself god. left snacks. And he was like, oh, my god. <laughs> that is the exact story that's going to lead us into the introduction for this podcast. <laughs> this is the exact yeah. tone going forth. This is... Uh, uh, Sunnydale City Group session that's going into Angel. We are kicking off the first episode. Cue the music. That is uh, new music. That was uh, put together, composed by our good friend Jimmy Scavoni, who also does the music for Sunnydale Study Group, the Normal Sessions. No, that's a terrible name for... Our <laughs> <My> normal Sessions. <laughs> we'll back to the Normal Sessions. Uh, let's call them the Hometown... Those are the Hometown episodes, because we're recording on Sunnydale. We're currently recording this in the Central Library in downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Not a fictional library, <laughs> but if you go to the Central Library, the real place in Los, downtown Los Angeles, and you're looking for us... You just missed us, unfortunately. We just <laughs> stepped out. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. It's going to be traffic. Uh, exactly. But thank you so much for dropping by the Central <laughs> Library. That's a real place that we're saying we're recording out of. <laughs> knowledge, is, knowledge is power. <laughs> um, and we are so excited to crack into Angel. Uh, it ties directly into Buffy in several instances. Um, and we're going to be going in an interesting order, which we will publish on Facebook and tweet out so you can understand kind of what order we're going in. It's an order that's the, what, what did we call it? The Chris Bramante Criterion. No, God. I, I think you called it. I came up with something. The Chris Bramante Criterion Collection by Chris Bramante or something. <laughs> it was something. It's a lot of Chris in there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was like the CBCHC. Multiple Chris repeating. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, The Chris Bronte crisscross guide to crossing Buffy and Angel by Chris Bronte or something. Right. But anyhow, we're an angel. (laughs) We're an angel. Yeah, it's like they shouldn't be watched, even though they aired this way on the same night until they split networks and Buffy, Buffy went over to UPN and Angel stayed on the WB as it's, which. With the frog. Mm hmm. Um, but the you should watch them in kind of chunks and just kind of line up the crossovers. Yeah, yeah. which we will be doing our best to help with. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we've got. Uh, I want to get two opinions on this episode. One from Anna Murray, who's seen the episode multiple times. Mm, I and, watched it freshly this morning and watched it freshly. Uh-huh. And Holland Farkas, yeah. who just jumped into Angel. Yeah. So what do you both think? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm first impressions from yeah, Hall you Park. Took notes. I don't have any notes. I know because I always take notes. Well, um, so I knew some things about Angel, like obviously, like, and you told me a lot of stuff. Um, but I still like wasn't expecting him to just be like a vampire private investigator. Because <laughs> I'm like watching it this morning, and then like Bailey comes out and she's watching it and she's like laughing her ass off, and then I was like. This is just, it's literally, because for some reason I thought it was just going to be like Buffy, but with a dude. And I was sure. like, I don't want to watch it. Like, I don't want to watch a show that's just going to be like Buffy, but then it's like a character I just don't like as much, like, instead of Buffy. And then I was watching it, I was like, this is a film noir. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is a film noir with vampires. Everyone's a vampire. Uh, I, like, really, I totally understand what you mean where it's like, it's like a slow start. Mm-hmm. Because, like, 
But also, like, way too much stuff happened in that first episode. Like, way too many <laughs> a things. A lot of things. Like, they, that villain, like, literally. Ba- <laughs> no, because I was watching. Part of this well, episode. Bailey was like, are they going to kill the villain off right away? Like, is he not going to be, like, shouldn't he just be the big bad for season one? And I was like, you would think. But it seems like they're about to just throw him out of a window. And then he's just going to spontaneously, like, combust because he's a vampire. But, um. It's like really fun. Like it's so ridiculous mm-hmm. that it's really fun because I love I love like film noir and I love crime shows and everything like that, but it is like this classic kind of like private investigator storyline except he's also a vampire, which is great. Which really hey, I like really I like, that like that's a very good review. And I'll just quickly throw in Angel has changed the way that I see noir films going back. Like now, I just imagine they're vampires. Well, it's because uh, yeah. double indemnity well, is just yeah. full of vampires. Right, it's, it's like, like the bomb goes off. It's not that big anyway. of a deal. <laughs> but it's like they they do most things at night anyway. Yeah, because that's how noirs work because everything happens at like nighttime. Um, when crime happens. Yeah, and it like because even but also it like really reminded me like of Daredevil. Yeah, I mean, like obviously Daredevil the show at least is more recent. But I was like, oh, like. Daredevil is just like at least the start of it. I'm like, this is like the now, same thing. Those films, it's like crime films, detective films, happen that way because the studio they could rent out the studios for cheaper at night, right? Or they needed something sh- to shoot at night because they were shooting so much like other stuff during the day. Is I that believe, correct? I believe so. I think or like B movies. I came, guess. Yeah, when it came down to it, they were because uh, they were just filming so much, so like so often. So it came down to it's it like. Well, we can't shoot this like romantic comedy or whatever, like at nighttime, like with the school scene. We'll just shoot a noir at this time. Great. And also, just uh, as far as all tours go, like all tour directors go, it's just a th- uh, it lends itself more to a better looking film. Mm. Uh, you get your harsh lines. You get your you get your M lines. Or as I, I didn't know. I didn't realize it was like a time of day thing. Like I like I thought it was just literally just so they. Because it was all about lighting. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. I might be like wrong. That. In fact, I'm probably wrong. I think it's because yeah. criminals can hide easier when the sun is gone. Yeah. You think they're made that. of shadows. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but then you start to get involved in the stock market, and holy smokes, let me tell you, some criminals come out during the day, guys. Exactly. Some. Like the villain in this, <laughs> who is in a boardroom, in a boardroom filled with windows in the How middle of the day. How did Angel get glass. there? <laughs> did he get there? Well, as the series goes on, you probably ran under a blanket. <laughs> Angel is a big sewer guy. Yes. There's a lot of scenes this is where like Angel... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Totally. Yeah. Okay. He just travels through <laughs> sewers all the time, and there's something called... It's shown in this episode. Uh, okay, he's doing some sewer yeah. stuff? He goes right. through the sewer in this episode. I guess the other thing about this episode is like the, the editing is so weird on yeah. this show. That it's especially because so many freaking things happened. So there were so many just like <laughs> smash we, cuts and like montaging moments that I was just like, why? How did they get? It's like establishing shot, boom, boom, boom. But it wasn't even just like establish. It was like establishing shot. This thing, this thing, this. And like it just cut, 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 cut. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, where are we? What's happening? Why did we need this scene? Like, were we trying to cut out this scene? But then we decided we were gonna like leave a couple seconds of it. Like, I don't. It was just a lot. Can a we lot go happened. through like the points of things that happen? Yeah, yes. let's do okay. that according to our memory. So it starts. I'm very fresh. It starts with uh, Angel pretending to be drunk at a bar to fight Sawyer to fight from, Sawyer from Lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as like a group of vampires are going to go kill these two girls, and so he kills them. And I out went, "Yeah!" When he does the thing where the stakes come out of his oh sleeve. yeah, yeah. Then, Wolverine like bayonet. the Wolverine double yeah. stab like yeah. vampires. I went, "Yeah, that's right." Uh, so that happens, and. And then uh, Doyle shows up, who is my least favorite character in the show's history. I just, okay, can I just complain? Like, I understand that they had to set up what the show was. Yes. But that was the fucking worst Worst. prologue. They're like, here's a random character we haven't introduced. Like, hey, I'm here to tell you a story. Blah, 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 blah. This is the story of your life. And then it's like, and then he was like, wait, you just came in here and told me a story about my life. Why haven't I kicked you out? And he's like, because I'm going to tell you what to do next. And I'm like, you're yeah. literally like yeah. saying what you're doing as you're doing it. And it was so like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is so, I Jeez. understand they have to set this up, but this is painful. Like, this is not creative at all. They were literally just like, it's because they. I, I wonder if it was like they had the episode and then a studio head came in and was like, you need to explain what's happening. So Jocelyn was just like, okay. And yeah. he literally, like, I feel like it's a case where someone literally was like, all right, we will spell it out because clearly, like, 
someone's an never idiot watch, and like never watch Buffy. Here you go. Yeah, and it was just like, oh god. By and the way, during Holland's rant, you might have heard some knocking. That was not anyone striking the table. That was in fact something in the floorboards. We're not going to address it in this session, but it sounds like some fun world building we can play upon later. <laughs> I agree that that scene is. So Terrible. much exposition. It's so yeah. bad. It's it's, it's, oh. There's something. There's an over. There's an overbearing lack of like production value mm-hmm. in the first season of Angel that yeah. I feel like starts to disappear by mid season two, and then like by, eventually it just feels clean and great. But it's weird because it's like Joss was making. Buffy and Angel at the same time Mm. and so and he directed this episode and I understand that he was like trying to like separate it stylistically Mm. but like it dates it it's almost like it go like it regressed like (laughs) to the 90s like in 1995 it almost regressed to like season one Buffy levels of just even like the framing and the way it's lit like it doesn't it's all a lot of studio like overhead like studio lighting like when Mm. he goes to that party which okay so story wise uh, (laughs) Doyle shows up up, gives a bunch of terrible exposition (laughs) explaining who Angel is in case you've never watched an episode of Buffy they go for and who Doyle is a demon a demon who's he's a half demon yeah uh, who gets visions his dad's a demon right the powers yes Whose yes. dad isn't? Continue. Uh, the powers that be like give him a, a post-it note with a name and a coffee shop on it, uh, <laughs> yeah. and no address at all. Uh, that it gives the angel. He goes, "Hey, you got to. Inter- you're here to intervene in people's life. I'm not even going to attempt to do a bad Irish accent." Uh, <laughs> Damon. <laughs> Damon. Damon. Uh, and That's then, a good bad Irish accent. And then, <laughs> Uh, Angel goes to a coffee shop, which is so much a set on the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. (laughs) It is is insane. Uh, And then he flirts horribly with this uh, coffee shop waitress named Tina, who goes to one of the swankiest looking parties in 90s terms. Oh, Uh, yeah, in 90s terms? You're right. That's like a big It's a nice house. Uh, Which it's all crazy overhead uh, studio light. Yeah. Because everyone is lit exactly the same. Uh, and Cordelia's there because uh, yep. Cordelia moves out to uh, Los Angeles. Or, yeah. yeah. Which Malibu. She says Malibu, and I, before we got to that point, I was like, there's no way she affords a condo in Malibu. Yeah, it's just standard Cordelia lying, <laughs> and it's sad. It is. I love when <laughs> Cord- Now, you finish the chain of events. Oh, okay. Uh, Cordy kind of gives the she, episode life. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Um, then uh, Tina, Linda, Tina. 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 Uh, gets uh, manhandled by um, like a guy who looks like a hairdresser from the 1980s uh, and gets kidnapped and brought to a car and then but then Angel- later became the head of Columbia Studios <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about uh, John Peters <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then Angel goes to chase them down in their car and that's the great moment is when Angel jumps into the black convertible the wrong one the wrong one and he <laughs> yeah. he's like Oh, uh, he's like, come on. Then gets out and then plays chicken with them. They crash their car. He rescues her, brings her back to his place. A uh, bunch of stuff happens. And it turns out like she owes a bunch of money to a guy named Russell. Yeah. Which they don't even explain really what what's happening. Yeah. It's just that she is a character. She is. Well, because she's not even one of the girls that like he's. Because also I don't understand what he's doing with these. Because it's basically like there's these girls and then at first I thought they all had tattoos, and I was like, no, it's just the one girl who has mm-hmm. the tattoo. And it's basically he's just trying to find young actresses that are, like, struggling and don't have family or friends so that he can kill them. Oh, you're talking about Russell's plan? Yeah, mm-hmm. but then it seemed like he was, like, investing in them. Yeah, which so doesn't make sense. Like, but if he's just going to kill them, then why is he... It's an age thing. I don't know. It's like They're a, aging it's out it's of like their like roles. A tiger, it's like a tiger giving you money. Like it, makes, <laughs> it makes no sense. Uh, the problem is I would still consider the offer. Yeah. That's where I am in life, where the tiger's like, would you like some money coming to, come into my den? If you're like, a talking tiger, right, absolutely. Because yeah, sure, I felt like it was supposed to be like this like metaphor on like casting couches and stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh, but then he was just eating them. Well, does he give... I mean, okay, I guess I was listening to a story about human trafficking and... If that's the comparison, it makes sense. Where like it's yeah. like you get someone in with a favor, and that's something yeah. they can't talk to other people because they're so ashamed. Yeah, and it keeps going until you can extort them for everything. So I guess that's. But the it's sort like of he plan. wasn't making them do anything. I don't think. Eventually, I think he, it was just the way. So 
They're continuing, Jaws is continuing the metaphor element, where in Buffy it was high school as hell. In uh, in Angel, it's a recovering alcoholic. It's Angel is the reformed, and here we are in Los Angeles. Oh, there's some, uh, some sirens right now. So Angel's the recovering <laughs> alcoholic, but he's the redeeming himself vampire. And I think, and it's like, it will continually use L.A., uh, experiences to be manifested by demons. He's That's typical Whedon stuff. The way I read it in this one is it's just how does Joss choose to first represent L.A. is mm-hmm. a man with money and power who wants to just use that money frivolously to toy with his food. Who yeah. Manages yeah to be, so. Just to psychologically I guess to torture. drink the youth of women who, is sort of like a thing. Who lives in a mansion that is definitely not in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's like somewhere in Florida. <laughs> like, uh, like, yeah. It could be in Bel Air. It, it is insane. Also, why does he need that? I love the, I love lots of times in LA, in movies that take place in LA or TV shows, they're like, we're going to, a, like, this person's a millionaire and you drive to this house. I'm like, mm. no, that's a billionaire's house. Yeah. A millionaire's house would be walking and you go, Whoa. It's a normal house. You have a guest bedroom? Yeah. That's a millionaire's house in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like, you live on La Brea? Oh, my God. I've seen some, in my catering days, I've seen some hefty houses. Insane Bel Air yeah. mansions. I would watch that show. Some insane Bel Air mansions. Some it's, palaces. This it's, one woman, Brindell Gottlieb, when I served Mel Brooks that time, Brindell had a full-on palace. Wow. Yeah, it was like a New York City-themed party where, like, we all made believe we were new. We had, like, police outfits. <laughs> That's what they went for they was like the NYPD. Stands. Yeah. Jesus. But, uh, so <laughs> wait, hold on. What? There's like a, a stop and frisk booth. Like <laughs> so, what, were there like was it like hot dog stands, like stale soft pretzels, yep, pizza, mixed nuts, pigeons. Yeah, nuts for nuts? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like <laughs> they hired some of the servers to just sit there and look like homeless folks. Screaming. <laughs> is this all real? Or are you making all this up? Uh, some of it's real. <laughs> People shouldn't have money. This is like what Frank, <laughs> this is like Frank Sinatra's like like Madison Square Garden performance where he performed in a boxing ring mm, and yeah. then had girls walk pizza around to the audience because that sounds great because he's the most stereotypical <laughs> Italian man that's ever lived. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be so happy if I was um, at his show. I'm in a boxing ring because I hit my wife a lot. That's, you know what? That's what we don't do enough here. Like in. Uh, Actually, we do do it. Okay, so in Europe, if you go to the movies, they have people that come around with, like, beer and stuff mm-hmm. um, when you're in the movie. And I, there's another theater. I think Elmo Drafthouse does that. Yep. But I actually have a friend. Uh, no, I really like Elmo Drafthouse, so not shit on them. But I have a friend who worked at the one in Brooklyn um, as, like, a food server for, like, a hot sec. And they make you, like, hunt. Because, like, you have to serve food during the movie, but you're not allowed to stand up straight. Because mm-hmm. you can't block people's view. Right. So Ooh. you have to go around, like, hunched. Oh no, over that's torture. To serve people. And he was literally, he was like, my back was bothering me so much in that first week that I was just like, this that's is insane. What I, a like, lovely way yeah. to enjoy a movie. Yeah. Yeah. In, <laughs> in, in the like, pleasure of an awkward, yeah. quiet restaurant yeah. with the lights off. Yeah. So I was like, because because they have all these like really strict rules about like phones and like blocking yeah. screen and stuff. But I just don't get, um, yeah. you know what they should invent? Dogs the, the, that can fly. Exactly. <laughs> is, uh, is the Capri Sun of alcohol. Ooh. They have those for yeah. wine. They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And margaritas. Well, they should make it Patented. more well known. <laughs> See, to me, it's not a Go crazy... <laughs> they have, like, cans of wine now. Yeah. That are half a bottle, so watch the fuck out. <laughs> no, <laughs> because if you're me... <laughs> Half a bottle means I can drink four. (laughs) I just, I bought two cans and I was like, oh, I'll just drink two cans of this because it's like a can of soda. And then I drank two cans and then like was looking at the can and I was like to the point where I was like near tears drunk with people. Near tears drunk. NTD. NTD. But see to me. Why am I talking The saddest abbreviation. Getting getting, like served alcohol in a theater. Like when I moved to LA, everyone's like, that's such a fancy thing. But growing up in San Jose, you go to any movie and there's someone sneaking up behind you and goes, hey, you want some vodka? (laughs) Seven bucks. (laughs) It just happens. Like the market's open. I don't understand why it didn't expand sooner to LA. In New Hampshire, they're just like, ooh, they make these moving picture things that tell a story? Wow. You're telling me it's a mutoscope, but big? (laughs) Um, Before I forget this thought, so there's an overarching theme of the whole series, which is the powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Buffy is the show that has the structure of the big bads. 
Angels series never really does that. The Big ever. Bad is just Los Angeles. The Big Bad is the is LA. The Big Bad is Los Angeles. Yeah. So Angel has the the overarching series Big Bad, which is Wolfram and Hart, mm-hmm. which is this these attorneys that have their hands in everything. And so um, I think that Angel's confrontation of a man being like, I'm so powerful that you can't touch me, and then Angel throwing him out the window, just kind of represents how Angel's approach to this whole We should throw Donald Trump out a window. I bet you he would catch fire as soon as he hit the sun. (laughs) Can we send David Boreanaz into the White House? We have to do it. Uh, He's he's expanded. He's actually, he looks much better than he did in Angel season five. The proper term is thick bitch. David Boreanaz is a thick bitch. Bones is finally ending, so like yeah. we should be like, David Boreanaz, your next role. My also my go to the White House. My first week in Los Angeles, like I was <laughs> I drove. No, my first winter in Los Angeles. It was around here actually. I was driving away from Meltdown Comics. I went down a side street. I saw David Boreanaz get out of a car, and he was dressed in a black trench coat with a black what? t-shirt. And I just went, Angel. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's real. Oh, it's all real. It's all happening. <laughs> I was gonna look this up and my phone just died. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is true. Someone can correct me, but uh, when he's in that party scene and uh-huh. the guy comes up to him and like hands him a card and is like, You're an actor, he's yes. like, I'm not an yeah. actor. And he's like, Well, you are when you want to be. Like, I'm 99.9% sure that's how David Boreanaz was discovered because I remember reading yeah. this about him because I was like obsessed with David Boreanaz when I was really into Bones. And it's because like his dad, because I know he went to Ithaca mm-hmm. and his dad is like a news reporter in like Philly yeah. or whatever. Yep. He's from Philly, but Philly he just literally, like, I'm pretty sure it was like one of those instances because you hear this with like actors and people where it's like he just got like stopped on the street and someone was like, "You're attractive, mm-hmm. yeah, you I should act." Understand that to be an insight, but he joke. wasn't like, and which, and it's funny because I watched like this in like early early seasons of Buffy, and I'm like, David Boreanaz, you are not a very good actor. <laughs> uh, he got there. He eventually, yeah, uh, but it's like it's funny because I he's he was not he was not an actor. Like, I forget what he went to school for, but it's like, it was not. It's accurate. like a Harrison Forty situation, right? Oh, God, a carpenter. yeah. He's yeah. a fucking carpenter, and then they're like, hey, you, building sets. You're attractive. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Want to be in this? Yeah. Want to be in this movie about space? <laughs> about a battle in the Monk of the Stars? That fun fact, something similar happened to me where uh, it was for the princess short that maybe you don't want to talk about, which I which is fine. Disenchanted, I believe. Oh, disenchanted. At this point, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, by the way, is a review of most people's what projects happened? two years later. <laughs> we held oh, this thing I did? A web series um, I'm releasing a short film we... soon, and that's my feeling on it. <laughs> this is fine. That's how I feel about most things. Uh, we were checking out the location, and this guy turns to me and goes like, hey, you act? And I was like, you know... Uh, yeah, I mean, not, I'm not an actor, but I very much enjoy acting, but career-wise, I'm not an actor. And he was like, if you want, I've got a great role for you. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. What is it? And he was like, you'll play this, like, insurgent terrorist, and these, like, five yoked white dudes are going to run in and just, like, stab the fuck out of you. And I was like, no. I would have preferred if you offered to be inside of me. Like, I thought this was, like, I thought where this was going. I really thought this was going to lead to sex. Yeah. No thanks, sir. i got a great role for you. It's my finger inside of every hole in your body. <laughs> That sounds great. It sounds great. It's much better than getting stabbed. <laughs> what camera are you using? Camera? <laughs> Kodak, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't I know. know. Like, well, because there's always those people in like malls. Because I would have people stop me in malls. Stalkers? In, in malls. No, when like like there's, they come up to you, they're model, like, do you uh, want to be a model? Yeah. Or like, are you like a. But whenever people did that to me, I was like, are you, are you, is this joke? I was like, are you, are you trying to make fun of me? And they're like, what? No, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> because Holland Farkas' response to someone being like, do you want to be a model? Stop like, that. I was like, what is this? Is this like a long con? <laughs> I don't understand where you're, don't you want to be in the TV You become show? a cocaine mule somehow eventually. Do you have any mirrors I can look into to check myself out? We don't have mirrors. Which brings me to my favorite scene. That moment's great. Of the episode. Oh, that was so good. Cordelia. And my, my favorite shot is is when in the beginning when Angel turns and drops his drunk act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that to me is Angel. Like mm-hmm. that to me is like how I think of Angel is that moment. But the way I think of Angel the show is Cordelia. Yeah. Just being like, you, you're a vampire. Yep. That was so. No, I'm not. <laughs> that was amazing. Because it was one of those things where like Cordelia shows up and I was like, ah, oh, damn it. And then as soon as uh, it's like, oh, wait, there's no mirrors. 
and your curtains are really thick. And I was like, oh my God, she's doing it. I was like, yes, Cordelia, yes. I was like, you had three seasons of this. You know what's happening. It was such a good... And she goes, I'm from Sunnydale. We had her yeah. on Hellmouth. <laughs> God, Cordelia's great. I love Cordelia in the show. Yeah, this is good. I like, yeah. I went from like you. hating Cordelia and like early Buffy mm-hmm. to like loving Cordelia in the show. And Russell's awesome. reaction of just like, no, no, no not. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yep. Yep. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I love that because it's like... Cordy is so much less involved in the Scooby gang than the rest of them Mm -hmm. that you kind of take for granted the fact that she's also undergoing all of these adventures with vampires. And so when all of that is stripped away and it's like what I appreciate about Cordelia in this show is she's kind of probably the most relatable to we show businessy folk mm. she's the most relatable figure at least to me or at least we know someone who is exactly like her broke stealing sandwiches from a party mm-hmm. that she pretends yeah, that she's invited to yeah all the stuff with yep. like the no food <laughs> yeah. thing is yeah yeah, real. The, I don't buy yeah. groceries. I actually really need to go grocery shopping because now I have money to go grocery shopping right now. Hey. Oh, that's but, awesome. Uh, that's a step up. And live off of food from living off of food from sets is a very real thing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, stopped buying trash bags. I just use my old Trader Joe's bags for all the times that I forgot to bring my recyclable bags. You have to pay for those now. I know. Welcome to California. <laughs> hey, I saw my first weed billboard the other day. Oh, did Fun you? fact. Was it the one that just says, like... The uh, app that can help you find? Oh, I saw one that was just... It was, like, an emoji of a person, and then it said plus an emoji of a weed Oh, leaf, yeah, I've seen that. And then equals <laughs> an emoji of a uh, sack of money. Yeah. Which is the best <laughs> billboard in Los Angeles. <laughs> Good, that is that is a 75-year-old man, like, why do kids like emojis? And they just, like, got it approved. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's a wow. That's a. Mm-hmm. There's. I'm processing that billboard. There's. there's yeah. Oh, but so um so Cordy. Now that all that is washed away, uh-huh. in that moment, it's like yeah, you don't just go through what Cordelia went through and be what Cordelia was at the beginning of season one. Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be someone who is incredibly accustomed to the dangers of the world. But then she's still Cordelia. So what I love about that is where Buffy has this high calling of, you know, needing to fight the forces of evil because it is in her destiny. Mm-hmm. Cordelia's like, how do we make money off mm-hmm. of this? Because they wouldn't have made a company if Cordelia wasn't like, I think that this can be a job. Let's mm-hmm. sell your adventure skills and I'll work here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, uh, I, season one is a little tough. But I think she's kind of what pulls you through it even mm-hmm. more than Angel does. That that behavior is uh, a thing that I like. When shows that deal with continuity and, and lore very well, like Venture Brothers does it all the time mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. how the boys are just really not affected by anything. Yeah. Well. And it, it, it makes it more of a character then. It's like, yeah, why would she not? It's it's kind of like, what well, it's again, it's a, a kid's show, but like how Bulk and Skull from Power Rangers uh-huh. are never like in, affected at all by it. Like every time they see a new thing, they're like, oh, a monster. It's like, no, you're living in a town that is just constantly attacked and, yeah. under, and under attack by giant monsters mm-hmm. daily. Mm-hmm. How are you still shocked every single day by this? Yeah. <laughs> And that's, yeah, and and again, Doyle. I'm sorry. I just not a Doyle guy. I'm not a Doyle guy. He, he's there literally just to be literally just to be. Well, here's what's happening today. Well, he was Whistler. Yes. In yeah. The original draft of the script. Joss wrote it as, and honestly, I think Whistler is worse than Doyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but Whistler, do you remember from uh, end of season yep. two? He's the vampire because it, it's the same exact character. Mm-hmm. It's a char- it's a yeah. human looking demon mm-hmm. that comes to Angel and says, yeah. "You are." being paid attention to by the powers that be and you have a destiny and I'm going to help you there. So they were going to have him come back and I think he was supposed to be a love interest for like Cordelia or something like that. And then when they, it was like a scheduling conflict with Max Perlick, the actor who played Whistler. And so then they got Glenn Quinn who was on Roseanne Mm -hmm. who played a boyfriend. So Joss knew him from then. And I don't think that he's authentically Irish. Oh, uh, yeah. really? Oh, uh, you think? That is a rough accent. That was also the first note that I made. It was a rough accent. <laughs> what gave it away? Literally everything about his voice. Yeah, boy. Boy, I like, like the idea. I do, thank you. I wish I would further with that. I think that Angel 
starts getting by with just its ideas, mm-hmm. kind of. It's like the idea of a half demon character who gets visions, who's like a drunken. Well, because also is a like good idea. what yeah. what they could have done, and not that I'm like telling Joss Whedon how to do his job, because obviously Joss Whedon has more money than me and is famous for a reason. But I think <laughs> that, that mean control, controlling no, but it's like <laughs> yeah, but it's like a thing that they could have done just because I'm like a huge fucking X Files person. I did it, but it's like Yay! they they do the thing. <laughs> where it's like when you have the character that's literally there to like like give you information mm-hmm. like you meet them in like a cuz it's like it's like even going going back to like all the president's men and stuff like that like you it's like a deep throat character that you mean like a parking garage like yeah. something like that where it's like there's this informant that you have mm-hmm. and it's not like they're a major character that's with you all the time it's like you have your informant type character and i feel like Doyle is half an informant character, half, like, comic relief, but he doesn't necessarily... And I know I've only seen, like, two episodes, so I don't really know, but, like, he doesn't really seem to have much of a purpose right now other than, like, to further the story along. Mm -hmm. Like, Angel needs to get his information from somewhere. So it's weird that he's just kind of, like, there the whole time, but not doing anything else other than, like, providing information when he needs it. Yeah. 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 It's a good point. It's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, it's not like... It's not like they've bonded... Because it's like because he because he doesn't really like him. well I mean now he like likes him but mm-hmm. it's like when he shows up he's like why are you here like yeah. why are you suddenly living here mm-hmm. like I, I guess you're also like what he has just has like a private investigator office above his thing well, you, you you live in LA you know how many just open private investigator offices are just left <laughs> downtown is yeah. it's a desolate. ghost town yeah no one lives there it's just all empty private investigator offices they're trying to build up seventh and fig but let me tell you it's <laughs> gonna be enough take problem. one you just go in there you say like I'm a detective yeah. now they're like okay here's your hat apparently the reason Doyle has the hat too oh, oh. the hat oh, literally wears like a fedora <laughs> I do think the car is a nice also, touch, though. Giant collars. No, yeah, Doyle like he's collars. dressed like a nine. He is. He's kind of low key dressed like a nineteen forties. Like, did did everyone in the late nineties wear oversized shirts and jackets? Because everyone in that opening scene, Sawyer from Lost, both yeah. those women, yeah. all the vampires, they all have jackets that are or shirts that are at least like two XLs. Like, I mean, you've seen like Smash Mouth. We've been watching a lot of Smash Mouth and Smash Mouth. Naked Ladies music got, videos. That's like I know I, they're like bigger, but that's pretty much what everyone. I got uh, <laughs> I got scolded because I didn't know what Astro Lounge was. I, what? I yeah, don't don't jump on the Holland train with this. You're getting. <laughs> it was like what's Astro Lounge? So I was like, that's why I was the Smash Mouth so, CD. Yes, so informed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was paying attention to something. Like you else. watch PBS News Hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like you only know, know what All Star is because of Shrek. Yes. No. That's. Pretty no mystery men. Okay, all right. What a a movie! You watched the Charlie Rose Smash Mouth interview, right? (laughs) I saw Smash. That was my first. uh, Well, my first concert was was Weird Al and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy because my cousin's in that band. But I my first (laughs) like wait hold on my cousin is Weird Al. (laughs) My cousin's the the trumpeter for uh, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. But uh, my first like I'm gonna buy tickets to a concert was Smash Mouth in like Ooh. fifth grade or something sixth grade and me and Sam DeSaza and Zach Wilson went with his dad and his dad probably <laughs> had a horrible time <laughs> he was like oh youth I remember because I was like wow it's Smash Mouth they're playing the All Star song for Mystery Men it's probably better to see them then than anyone who sees Smash Mouth now Ooh, yeah. I was overhearing some guys talking at a bar and they were saying that like. People were like throwing bread or something, yeah, or something at Smash Mouth, and then the and then they were literally like sure. cursing off the audience, but doing it to the tune of All Star. So they're like yelling at the audience while still singing All Star because they were getting bread thrown at them. Also, wow, it's Smash Mouth for Mystery Man. I think is a direct line from Rat Race. <laughs> Is it? Well, the, the music video is because I've seen that music video so many times because I've watched so many fucking YouTube videos because Steven will just send like Smash Mouth, but the words are in alphabetical order. Smash Mouth, but it's in the key of C, like All- <laughs> or All Star, but it, but they don't even say All Star; they just say like Smash, Smash Mouth. Mouth. <laughs> what about uh, the Walking on the Sun song? That song's fine. That right? was the one yeah. that kicked it all That's off. That's great. Man, That's a great man. song. I mean, you know yeah. what? We might as well. That's third rock. It's a third rock from the Sun theme song, right? No, I don't think it was. It was, was it they're not? Not it was like a conga line kind of song. I always just assumed <laughs> yeah. that those two were related, but I guess they weren't. Because they were the 90s and both mm. involved yeah. with the Suns. Uh, I love that the lead singer Smash Mouth's power in the Mystery Man music video is he just flips a table over? Or no, he shoves a person. 
He can also lift a bus up from a woman mm-hmm. who was smashed, but now she's fine, right? Yeah. Smash the, the Smash Mouth power. Yeah. <laughs> you know that Smash Mouth adrenaline that kicks in every so often? Where? Through to think that a movie that Michael Bay acts in is not the worst part thing, or worst thing affiliated with that film. That's so. I love that. Can we bring the Brewskis? Yes. Yes, you can bring you the Brewskis. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch that movie. The one, I've only seen that movie <laughs> once, and it was on my 21st birthday, and I was so crossfaded that I couldn't do anything except like stare at my television screen, so I don't actually think I processed the movie. It's a bizarre... Were, N- were you NTD? You uh, I just drop. couldn't do anything. <laughs> like I was the worst kind of crossfaded where I just could not... Focus up, like I literally had to stare at the screen because I was like, I might die. Like I don't know what's happening around me. So when it turned out that he actually could be invisible when no one was looking, you I don't. I don't think reaction. I processed the movie. Can we oh. take like a sidebar and like just talk about how bizarre Mystery Men is as a movie and yeah. how like it shouldn't really exist? With the investigating angel <laughs> sessions, we can literally do anything we want. Yeah, we've already, we've got, already gone way past the time Tom that we thought it was. Waits is in Mystery Men. Yeah. And he's I, got a thing for older ladies. I think I wanted to watch it was because I, like, love Tom Waits in movies. Mm-hmm. Like, That's, I will watch anything Tom Waits He's is a bad guy, right? No, no he's, he's a good guy. guy. makes their weapons. Well, initially, oh, he's yeah. sort of a bad guy. He's an, when he's, he's breaking into the elderly party. Yes. And don't forget Dane Cook. Dane, Dane Cook. Cook is the waffler the man. Waffler. Doug Jones. Yeah, Doug Jones, Jones yep. Yeah. Uh, Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. Oh, the Blue Raja. That movie is really special. I think that if more movies could be like Mystery Men, then Donald Trump wouldn't be president. I write this down and let (laughs) form a thesis come back next week. Solved it. This is how we're gonna get him impeached. I don't know, but I love where your hearts are at. The the society that made Suicide Squad elected Donald Trump. The society that made Mystery Men re-elected Bill Clinton. Well, Suicide Squad is. I disagree. Suicide Squad's a really for all of its faults. (laughs) Suicide Squad is a very diverse film, and that's something I really like about it. It is like. It, just seeing all these characters and seeing people run around, like kids having different, like... All those kids with that Joker makeup they put on their face. Now, sorry, just imagine uh, all the children. Like, well, the Juggalos <laughs> are protesting Trump. Yes. Oh, the Juggalos, whoop, whoop. yes. I, uh, is, that, is, that a, can I, is that a good You call term? yourself a Juggalo? I was trying yeah. to make sure that wasn't like, an offensive. Where did I go? Down, uh, with the clown told, down with the clown told Trump's out of office. <laughs> Do you guys think that's like Juggalos? What? I love that it's insane clown posse is protesting Trump and then Slayer is like, yeah, well, he's Trump. A, uh, no, it was just, uh, just Tony Ayera, the, the singer. And the, and the rest of them the were like, The rest of the band was fuck? like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> and Slayer. I'm glad Jeff Hanneman died before he had to see this shit. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually know quite a bit about Insane Clown Posse. I had all their albums. I know many of their songs. Wait, are you serious? Serious. Not surprised. I can tell you all about the Dark Carnival and the Great Malenko and the Ringmaster. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were my main fan. <laughs> right. They were, but they were, I was a, I was always a kid that knew the things I knew. Was mm-hmm. it kind of a reason, was it a thing that like drew you to them because you were a younger kid? It's like, it's a rap group with clowns. And even though that they're terrible, like that was the thing that was kind of cool like I about think, it. I think it was the, honestly, and this isn't a good thing. I think it was the, it was com- the comedy of it. And not, I could not tell you a single insane clown policy song. Uh, there's a song called The Nedden Game, which is an incredibly misogynistic, uh, horrifying version of the dating game. Uh, and the Nedden Game. Nedden is their word for a lady's part. Okay. Uh, Damn. Their own words. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Name? Sure. Well, you know sure. how like Tolkien Final had day. his own vocabulary. Yeah. And, and like then Shakespeare. What is a <laughs> Yeah, so what is a juggalo and the Nedden game are incredibly misogynistic and horrible. But in sixth grade, when you're listening to like Adam Sandler and Eminem, that kind of stuff was appealing. And yeah, I was super into Eminem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so into him talking about how he wanted to murder, murder his, his wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kim. But then he said such nice things about his daughter. So, like, Love it was like. Daughter. Who is now 22? Did she just turn 22? Yeah. I she think so. I was like, that, that, like, there was something online. It's like, you want to feel old? This is what Haley looks yeah, like. Yeah, Haley is now like a full-grown adult person. I love lying about that stuff, by the way. And it's so, for some reason, it's so fun to me. I think it's because it's so absurd. Where lying? it's just like, Wait, what? Yeah, so it's like you go up to someone and you're like, hey, by the way, do you want to feel old? And like, yeah, it's oh, like, yeah. Space Jam turned 40 today. <laughs> what? And they're just like, what? Yeah, that was 40 years ago. How am I? 50? Yeah. <laughs> It's like Shit, like, I didn't know I was 50 years old. It's like, uh, what year is it? My friend Kyle who tells the story about how Chubby Checker died. <laughs> I believe. 
And then when he opened, when they open him up, and the autopsy is gross. Like if you do the twist for seventy years, uh, your insides like just get real gross. Your lungs end up in your butt. But apparently, uh, guys, Toby Tucker's still alive. Probably for doing the twist a bunch. It's probably it's so good for your core. Yeah, he's beating the national average of older black men. He's like eighty two. Oh, Gotta do the God. twist. I like I'm, how my friend John told everyone that uh, perpetuate unknowingly perpetuate the lie that Wayne Static from Static X is a pedophile. He is not. He has never Static done X. a single thing That's like that. That's the worst is like you hear stuff like that and you're like, oh, okay. And then it's like in your in the back of your head, you believe it. And then even if you find out it's not true, you're just like, oh, man. Yeah. The conversation alternative facts is weird. We've entered into a phase Fuck. where we need to. Five. This is the part. Yeah, this Thank is, by the way, we record these at night because this is an angel bot session. Yeah. Um, is. There's a Lindus on hold right now. It's, <laughs> is this better than the, the one time that I got the like vinegar coffee? He recommended that to me today and I said no. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a I have this great vinegar coffee. That sounds weird. <laughs> Sorry. We have this ketchup-based coffee. Yeah, if you need it. to clean out your engine, it sounds amazing. Uh, but it's a weird time where, for some reason, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I want to go through and look at recent history to see how this, how we got here, because it was not the case when when we were kids. But how you have to actually consider everything everyone says, even if it's insane. So if someone were to come up to you and say, "By the way, the Titanic didn't sink. It didn't sink." For some reason, in my head, I take a few seconds to go, okay, maybe it didn't. Nope. Let me evaluate. No, the Titanic sunk. I know it. I know it for a fact. (laughs) Smack them in the mouth in public. But for some reason, I take a time to be like, well, that's interesting. I'll have to look into that on Wicked. Why am I looking into this thing I know is not true? (laughs) And that's where we've got. That's where we're at now. That is literally where we're at now. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's weird. Uh, also, um, uh, the, the, I do not condone the insane clown posses. Uh, it, at the time, as a child, I was like, "Oh God, I hope it didn't sound like I like think that's." A I good think thing. we're like, like past the point. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like small fish to fry. That yeah. doesn't even <laughs> seem to be. Are they stopping? Are they stopping? No, no, no. Green it's like it's holders. like an issue, but like I'm just saying, like that issued like oh man please don't think that i support misogyny and the insane yeah. clown posse it's like honestly like no out of all of the that. things going on right now like i feel like yeah it uh, I, i'm not wording this correctly i'm just trying to say i'm very disheartened we just when the titanic didn't sink the world is a very there are very few things that i'm gonna be like and it was revealed that the insane clown posse uh they have this really bizarre ending to the dark carnival saga which they have a where they all get jobs they all get- <laughs> <laughs> well, they all get jobs. Where they wash off the paint, yeah. and it turns out it was just tattooed on. No, they um, uh, they're like they like say that they're like into God. They're like the truth is, oh yeah, they're God. And it's like what? No, you're not. Nah. Just God, imagine man. if the country is saved by people who like frequently inhale nitrous pollutants. Hey, anyone, anyone you know wants what? to save, I will and not anyone, judge anyone who gets us out of this fucking. Mess. Then we're going back to we're going back to arcades. We're gonna go back to laser tag. Like we're gonna go our back. Sa- to our saviors came riding in on a Trans Am with four replacement tires. <laughs> I will not judge anyone who. I want it to be the Aquabats. I want oh. the Aquabats to. Be Congress. If Ska saved, oh my God, Ska saves America. Ska I would go to that concert. Uh, Ska, Ska, Ska didn't America. save Real Big Fish, so I don't know if we could. <laughs> they could say. I just saw Real Big Fish. Oh, I guess it was like a year ago now. I think that was when I saw them. Did they play? Uh, all I, I was at the observatory. They played beer. They definitely played beer. Beer is the. I. I it's so good. It's a great. Song. That's what I've they close with. It's, yeah, well, it's such a great. Well, I love real out. big fish. They, I love real big they fish. Clo- they are. I they, love real big they fish. They close with beer because I saw them at the the Starland Ballroom. Uh, oh yeah, did you go to uh, uh, the, what was that called? The, the Scott like, Summer Campout. Yeah, Scott Summer Campout. I used to go to that every year. They, yeah, they, they, they <laughs> open. They like two songs in their set. They were like, "Let's play beer." They played beer, and after they played, the audience dispersed to go to different stages, and then they're like, "We'll play beer again." And they played it at the end of the show to get people back, and yeah, then Alex Leeser just goes. I guess next time we'll close with beer. Just well, that's, I mean, that's why bands close with their more most yeah. popular songs. They gotta wait for it. Anything that they want to actually play, they gotta play in the beginning. Yeah, like, like this had an amnesiac. This next song is called "Don't Start a Band." Where's everyone going? Where's everyone <laughs> going? Going, please. That's a great song. We know Five Iron Frenzy's here, but please. <laughs> uh, and that is our emergency door alarm. That means someone accidentally opened up the emergency door, which means people are gonna start coming down to the basement here at the central library and probably find us. So we're gonna start wrapping up. But before we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, one thing about this episode, it's the episode is fine. It serves I think it serves as a decent like first episode of mm-hmm. a show that didn't really have its footing yet cuz yeah. 
I don't... Do you know the history of, like, why this got approved? Or was there, like, we need another one? Like, David Greenwald's kid went to college? <laughs> why, why Angel got made into a show? Yeah. I think they'd been pushing for Angel to be its own spinoff series. Since season since two? season, I think, three. Okay. Was, it was, like, I forget... Apologies for not having this already in the dome. Why don't you know this? I know, <laughs> guys. Sometimes you just <laughs> have you seen have you seen what my apartment looks like? Again, they can't. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> we talked about too much, too much, too much insane clown <laughs> posse knowledge. Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's rats everywhere. This is Cordelia's apartment. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I remember what it is. The uh, I only have eyes for you. The season two episode where they do the ghost thing. That was when Joss first decided that he wanted. David to have his own show, so that was when he began to push for that idea. Mm-hmm. And then the re- it's like if you look at Angel in all of season three, when you kind of there's a vibe of you're not sticking around. Yeah, season three, they're like you don't belong. It's like Angel not really being part of the show, besides like the major arcs that he's in. Yeah, Angel's not a huge player in Buffy season. No, three. besides he's not part of the Scoobies the for sure. Yeah. yeah. So he was already setting up to go into his own series. The original exactly. pitch for the show was that he was Angel, mm. but he also had a per, uh, alternative personality that was Angelus, and then yeah. an, also an alternative personality around. that was a female teacher. <laughs> and he was just going to go between the three of them, <laughs> <laughs> and then he would He's fight like crime and then teach kids. <laughs> uh, <if laughs> like you, Michelle Pfeiffer. If you do watch this episode, before we wrap up, if you do watch this episode, and after the scene where Doyle crashes the car into the gate... Uh, which is a great joke. Yeah. The the good gate joke <laughs> yeah. is a solid joke. Um, when they're backing out, uh, pause the episode and look at the top right hand, uh, top upper right hand corner of the frame, and you will see uh, a grip's legs and a light stand. I was trying to, okay, <laughs> because I was actually trying to figure out, because I noticed in a different scene, I didn't know if it was one of those things where they like did that aspect ratio change, mm. because there's a scene when Cordelia is running up the stairs away from like vampire Russell. Uh-huh. You see something in the corner, like the left hand corner of the frame when she gets to the top of the stairs and it's him so it's literally like he was standing <laughs> like he ran up the stairs and was standing next to her and she has like a moment before he comes back but he's already like there. there's literally a frame where you can see like the side of his face like right next to her as Cordelia is like <laughs> taking a pause to like panic it's but I was like is that <laughs> oh he's just there he was just standing next to her like it's like I was cause you can so the framing is weird was so Angel 4-3 was it not 169? Like, no idea. But it's like the first season of it. Because it's right? 1999 is the first season of it. And I know they did the stuff with like, well, I guess Buffy, they stretched it. Because I know that there's a lot of shows on Netflix where they, like, because they did it with X-Files. Where they yeah. were like, they went back because like X-Files was shot like 16 by 9, but then uh, the episodes were like 4 by 3. Shown 4 by and 3. And then they went back and like all, now all the Netflix version is like HD and everything. And then the, the frame is. Right. Have they truly shot it? But now it's like there's extra stuff in the side of the. So now you can like notice. It's, it's not really a big deal, but like there's certain scenes where you can just see stuff that's a, not a grip's yeah. legs. Yeah. And In all fairness, it is LA. There's always a grip somewhere. Yeah, they're just, they load it around. Yeah. They're like <laughs> raccoons. They but don't have homes. Funny, it was really uh, so the close out our angel sessions, our angel investigation files. Uh, or reports that we're doing for the Sunday Hill Study Group. Uh, what I'm thinking is we can just go around and talk about our LA lesson we learned from this episode Ooh, of I Angel, like that. and that'll help us wrap up the session. Uh, so let's uh, let's go around. Let's start with you, Chris. <clears throat> okay. So my LA lesson that I learned from this episode is that you have to look for survival in odd places when you are up against structures that are designed for you to fail. Um, When there are structures of power that are designed to protect those in power, you have to, for example, with Cordelia and Angel. Cordelia and Angel were not particularly friends in Sunnydale. Um, beyond her being, you know, the hello salty goodness in the first season, once the show begins, Angel and Cordy maybe don't even ever really have a dialogue scene Mm -hmm. together, yet here they are being pulled together. And so you have to stick together with the people that you can trust and you have to be creative, like Cordelia deciding to create, to start this business in, um, 
in uh, sorry I lost the end of that sentence but yeah <laughs> that's that's my lesson is that that's a good stick thing with the people stick with the people and that you trust and can count on and have interesting entrepreneurial attitudes about how you can survive great how uh, about you Adam Murray my lesson is if you push a businessman out a window in Los Angeles and he dies, you can probably get away with it. Yep. So just go give that a shot. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> dime a dozen. Dime a dozen. <laughs> happens daily out here. They just explode into flame. Oh, God. I, I had to stop Which, walking under ICM. That stunt is incredible. I feel like, I like that's it. where all the money for that episode went. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as that happened. Because that like, is a guy falling. And, and you're catching like, on fire. Shit. And catching on fire. You're like, holy shit. This is actually, oh, all right. It's, yep. That's why, the, that's why the coffee shop looks like it does. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Angel's just waiting at the top of the stairs. Yes. <laughs> How about you, Home Farkas? Uh, my lesson is always take free food from parties. So you Ooh, don't know when your next meal is. That's good. And I suppose my lesson is if you want someone to hold on to your business card, compliment their physical appearance first. It's a lesson Lindsay learned the hard way. <laughs> All right, and that is our first episode, our first session of uh, the Sunny Dell City Group presents Investigating Angel. Thank you so much, Anna Murray, for joining Thank us you for, for our discussion. Me. Of course, if people want to find your stuff online, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Twitter. I've taken a break for mental health reasons. Yeah, uh, don't blame you. <laughs> but I'm on Instagram too. I'm at at atm underscore Murray. Uh, stuff that goes up on the Loot Crate YouTube channel, doing stuff over there. Um, yeah, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter, and if when I put out shorts or stuff like that, it's usually you can find them on there. And people want to find your old sketches? Oh, God, don't. <laughs> Great. Oh, don't. Just don't. <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfectly good answer. <laughs> How about you, Chris? Where can people find you? Hello, uh, my name's Chris Bramante. You can find me as a Montioc on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. I perform with a musical improv group called Robot Teammate. We are on the uh, Twitch stream for Geek and Sundry, and then we perform live in Los Angeles. And then I am the host of Hyper RPG's The Gauntlet, which is also on Twitch. That's Hyper RPG, and that's every Thursday at 9 p.m. Oh, no, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. We just switched. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. Nice. How about you, Holland Farkas? Uh, my name's Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas. Instagram is Farkland. Uh, if you go to youtube.com slash user slash loot crate or probably just youtube.com slash loot crate, uh, you can see our <laughs> uh, loot crate studios videos. Um, and that's mostly what I do. That's it. Awesome. And I'm Omar. You can also find me uh, on Twitter as Omar Najam. I have, you know, I'm gonna, I'll try to kick back into this because we're starting Angel. I have an Instagram. It's called Omar Lives in LA. Yeah, you do. It's so patronizing and so mean. And a lot of actors think it's real every time I post something. uh, Where it's just like, here's a picture of food I will not be eating today. And then people like it and they're just like, me too. And I'm like, no, 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 you (laughs) eat, eat, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. Uh, But so I will go back to being active on that in the the light of Angel. Um, Was it Runyon, Wheatgrass, and... Yoga, yes, yoga, please. Yes, please. <laughs> That's like the bio. It's just like <laughs> a monster. <sighs> it's like oh, all capital letters, yes, please. Oh, Awful. my God. If you're a real person, you should have been strangled. <laughs> uh, and my improv team, Swimming Lessons. If you uh, were a real person. That <laughs> word. Omar is just me doing the trick. Unless uh, you guys have seen Omar. Uh, <laughs> I am just Max Headroom. To be just me. <laughs> uh, my improv team, Swing Lessons, is now performing at UCB Sunset every, uh, every second Thursday at UCB Sunset. So swing on by. We only do free shows uh, out of principle. We do not believe in people having to pay for improv because we already pay enough for improv. So. And then do you guys have beer at UCB Sunset? or is that UCB just Sunset does not. That's a cafe. But at the clubhouse, we have beer. Okay. So when those shows are coming up, I'll tweet out about them. So okay. feel so free to follow. no beer at Sunset. Yes. Just so you guys, but I there's coffee. Does anyone I like the coffee. I no, don't believe so. You should probably so. pre-game the show or yes. get drinks after the show. We would love to Omar. grab drinks. And I would you. love to grab drinks. Thank you. You're a really good manager, Holland Park. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's a BBBQ. BYOBB. If you want to check out anything and everything Sunny Dale Study related, of course, you can go to SSG Podcast on Twitter. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Sunny Dale Study Group. And we'll be back next week with... 
another episode of Angel. Uh, Lonely Hearts. We will be cracking into episode two of season one, Lonely Hearts, and after that we'll be back to Buffy because we're going through our Buffy Angel uh, schedule. So thank you so much for hopping in on our wonderful L.A. adventure, and uh, we'll see you next week when we discuss this here at the Central uh, Library in downtown Los Angeles along with what sounded like knocking from below the floor and possibly scratching at a window, which we'll explore as we go on. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta keep track of what we're going (laughs) to All this, all this lawyer making up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, guys, back up your bags, back up your books. We'll see you then. Sunnydale Study Group is a weekly Buffy fan podcast produced by Holland Farkas, Chris Bramante, and Omar Najam. Our music was composed and recorded by Jimmy Scavone. If you enjoy the podcast, please visit our page on iTunes and leave us a rating and a comment. We'd very much appreciate it. And if you'd like to check out more Sunnydale Study Group related stuff, visit us at SSG Podcast on Twitter, Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook, and Sunnydale Study Group on Instagram.